0: Hey guys, this is gonna be a really interesting episode between Danny Hogan and Charlie Butler. Charlie's a successful young entrepreneur in Dublin and uh, is achieving some pretty cool things with his company. So definitely worth uh, listening in and and hearing any bits of wisdom that Charlie has to offer. I wanna let you know that this episode is brought to us by ESB who have been a really good partner for Gradlife over the past couple of months esb have a brilliant grad program which has been detailed in a couple of different episodes with us and a really interesting internship program as well so definitely check out their website keep an eye out for uh, any opportunities that pop up with them and dive on them if you can because there's not that many more interesting opportunities to work on than providing the nation's energy over the coming years and decades so keep an eye out for esb and enjoy the episode hey guys welcome back to the Grad Life Podcast. It's me, Danny. Uh, I'm recording this evening's podcast with Charlie Butler. Um, Charlie is a co-founder and COO of Bounds Insights, a marketing research platform. Charlie is a good pal of mine. We've been mates for years. He's probably my best mate. There's no cronyism involved where he's here, purely on merit. Uh, Charlie, thanks
1: for coming on, mate. Thanks, really, and Danny. Uh, yeah, no, delighted to be on. Uh, it's a podcast that I think can bring a lot of value. And although I'm only recently graduated, hopefully I can... Uh, have a few good and bad stories that uh, can help a few people out.
0: Absolutely. So Charles, we'll go back to, I suppose, when it got quite interesting for you, coming out of school, um, you went into Trinity College and you took on a new business course called Global Business. Talk to me a bit about the decision making around finishing the leave and certain your choices out of college.
1: Yeah, I had quite a funny finish to uh, school whereby I was quite into sport in the latter years of secondary school, and uh, whenever I had a bad injury, which kind of dropped a lot of the sport that I was ta- well, that took up a lot of my time, I became quite obsessed with academics. Uh, it was where I channeled quite a lot of my energy, and the last two years of school, I had in my head that I wanted to do economics and finance, um, probably ego over anything. I was just like, it was the best course. Even though I was crap at maths, um, I just really, really wanted to do it, and I, I was striving to do get as many points as I could, and I really wanted to do EconFi, and then the last few weeks leading up to it, finished the Leaving Cert over on my sixth year holiday and had that uh, star-struck moment uh, on the edge of the pool where I wasn't really sure if it was the right call. I'd been thinking it for quite a while, uh, and I had Global Business second, but I always wanted to go to Trinity, and uh, once I realized that the modules that were within the program and the option of an Erasmus, which always was a dream of mine to go away, and the internship opportunities, I was like, oh, this would be great. Let's just drop the ego, do what I'm good at, which is on more on the business side, not on the maths, and uh, decided to go for it in the end. And it was one of the best decisions I've ever made. As soon as I landed in in, in the course, I made such good mates, loved the course content. It was a small group of people, all with quite similar backgrounds and attitudes and kind of work ethics and stuff. So, gelled quite well with the course pretty quickly and, uh, yeah, absolutely loved it from day one. So,
0: obviously, you went into a course that was completely new. You had the bare minimum of the, the course content, um, but there was no one who'd done it before you who you could ask about it or anything. You were separated a little bit from the best crew. Um, Much to their disdain. I'd imagine so. <laughs> but um, when you were in the course and you were kind of finding your feet, did you involve yourself in any societies or anything to get into trinity because there was obviously probably like what 40 50 people in your course
1: yeah it was a complete guinea pig syndrome Um, the course was supposed to have quite a lot of international students it was supposed to have a global reach there was kind of a lot of fresh content they were trying luckily i knew a few people going into it one of them being brian who's now my best mate and co-founder of both tribe and bounce um, and we got very close very quickly in terms of societies Um, i applied for. i applied i maybe joined like seven eight the classic story on freshers week and the one I really wanted was the entrepreneurial society and I've always wanted to set up my own company again over backing myself bit of ego I was like class I'm just going to apply get an ambassadorship even though I'm probably not going to put a lot of my time into it in first and second year it's what I was interested in applied fell flat in my face didn't even get a reply um i suppose they went for plan b in your co-host kate (laughs) fullan and she rose through the ranks but um no that was kind of the main one i wanted to go for was the entrepreneurial society and and it fell short and i suppose the first year or two i kind of was feeling around in the dark it was your classic you go in you don't really know what to expect and you like you're going out all the time trying to keep up with college i still held on to my academic drive like i did well all through college and i didn't slack off too much but from doing stuff outside of college, it, I didn't really get up to much. And that used to kind of eat away at me because I remember going to a talk from Michael O'Leary, uh, obviously from Ryanair, um, at like 7 a.m. in November of first year college or second year college and cycling in in the piss and rain. And I was like, I really want to go speak, listen to this guy speak. He's a thought leader. And one of the main things that stood out from that talk was he was saying, look, you're in college for four years, three or four years. You're surrounded by incredibly intelligent people. If you're in a business course, you have about eight hours a week. You're going to go to two of them. You might be hung over for three of the days, but for four days a week, you're surrounded by really smart people all the time in the world and all of the resources at your disposal. Don't waste it. And I remember that just got like sticking with me so much as I started to mature a bit into third and fourth year college.
0: So I suppose then pushing on that entrepreneurial spirit that you had coupled with the talk from Mick O'Leary. Um you started your first startup went horribly Talk yeah uh,
1: started third year college came back from vancouver summer away and i said all right let's start time just try and do something Um i again myself and brian had gotten really close at that stage Uh we wanted to do something together it seemed that everything that he was good at i was bad at and everything i might be good at he was he was maybe bad at so we had a good mix together Really good mates wanted to do it and classic went out all guns blazing, found computer science students who could prop up uh, on the tech side. We were going to solve a problem with our part-time job at the time, which was around um, promotional workers. And we were like, we're going to build a software to fix this. It's going to be brilliant. It's going to be easy and agile. And we're going to build an app like everyone wants to build an app. Classic type thing. And we worked for about six weeks, flat in it in the evenings up on like the fifth floor of the arts building, brought together a pitch deck, uh, which is embarrassing to look on now. Brought it out to my dad, who has his own company, which I would probably bounce a lot of advice off all the time. And brought it out and he said, look, I'll bring in a few of my mates and we'll listen to your pitch and we'll kind of give you some constructive criticism. Last words. My dad says it how it is. <laughs> He's very blunt, for better or for worse. And we went out and they ripped us apart. Um, there was no validation of the idea, really hadn't thought anything out. It was a kind of over backing of our ability. Under uh, backing of the market, I suppose, and yeah, we just got torn apart, and it 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 ripped away at Brian more than it did me. Um, but it was kind of our first hit to the armor. Um, I
0: mean, like something like that surely does knock you back in your hopes of actually starting a business.
1: Yeah, well, it became even trickier because that was our shot at what in third year we had this goal of doing the Dragon's Den, which is like the. Uh, Trinity Entrepreneurial Society do a Dragon's Day, and you can get up and pitch it was my it was my goal since first year to do that and then there was the Launchbox program which is like the accelerator so that's what we were building towards and we thought this was going to be the idea and because we had a good team we were like doesn't matter what the idea is we'll be grand and when that fell on its feet and I had had accepted an Erasmus which I'd always wanted to go on there was a really tough period there where we had no business idea but in the back of my head it was my kind of dream to pitch at this stage. And it was like, do I just kind of pack in my ambition and my desire to do something else, like different in college and go on the piss for f- six months? And you had a good you had a good option. It was
0: Babson University, which is it's the it's like, the
1: best school for entrepreneurship in the United States. Yeah, is what they're known for. That's why I selected it. And at the time we had no idea. Brian was working on something else. I kind of had my eye in in the market research space because The main thing that why the other started failed was because of a lack of validation. So the idea of market validation became quite cool to me. And I was getting advice off Finn Murphy, who's a big uh, venture capital head here in Dublin. He was a friend of my sister's and I was bouncing ideas off him. So I still wanted to do something, but it was falling flat. And we were just getting closer and closer to having to go to Boston. And none of my family, none of my friends, probably including you, could really understand what the hell I was doing, even considering not going. Like it's such a once in a lifetime opportunity But I can't quite just explain like the gut feeling that I wanted to set up my own company. I I don't know what it was. So where did the idea of Bounce kind of formulate
0: from and how short of a time period was it from that formation to you not getting on the plane to Boston?
1: Yeah, this this is going to make me sound like really stupid. So... Probably last week in November, November, first week of December. Luckily, we didn't have that many Christmas exams. It was mainly assignments. And I remember at one point, I was kind of interested in the market research space because Finn had tipped me on to a good idea. And Brian was working on a different company around like a loyalty-based app that he had a different team that he was working on. And I remember Brian was so upset that he might have to go away and not pursue this startup that I'm not lying and anyone who knows Brian will know this is exactly what he's like. He locked himself in his room for about four days and he was like, I'm not leaving until I have a good idea. And I remember getting the call on like a Saturday morning and he was like, Charlie, I think I've gotten it. And I was like, okay. Cause I still in the back of my head wanted something. I would have taken any idea we just had in the back of our heads that we wanted to do it. And he comes down to my house and he draws out this triangle of like market research companies, retail companies, and like people who needed research. It was this like sexy triangle, we called it back in the day, which just shows our immaturity. Um, but he brought it down to my house and he was like, this is it. And immediately, I don't know why, it was not that good de- idea at the start, but we were like, that's it. And we had our friends in the computer science building who were all keen to do startups. And we gathered an initial team and we were like, okay, let's go in over our Christmas holidays and let's just work every day on this. And if we can get it to a good enough standard, I can justify not going to Boston. Four weeks after that is the Dragon's Den pitch. And the people who win that get into Launchbox. So we felt we could justify our decision in a very short space of time. So we just packed in that Christmas. Uh, We didn't go on the ski trip or anything. We just said, look, we're going to put the head down. It was my 21st birthday that Christmas as well. I remember our first day in the office was my 21st birthday. And being in there, and it just felt right. Like I felt this is what I want to do for the rest of my life. Was that excitement and that buzz of going in with people who you put all of your trust in. And all of us just knew we could create something. And it was this idea that as long as there was a problem, we didn't care what the solution was. We would just work to find it. And yeah, we cancelled our Erasmus. And I don't think my parents spoke to me for a few weeks. They just thought I was ridiculous. It
0: was a tetchy, period.
1: It was a really touchy period, particularly because me and Brian's relationship was at a really tough uh, time. Um, we'd gotten really close in university and had opened up quite a lot around about our mental health Um We'd worked on advocacy and awareness and promotion of mental health all through university. And I remember it being quite funny because like that period of my time was the worst period for mine and Brian's friendship. We were really not talking to each other that much because we were so angry about it. We thought we were going to do this startup. And when it looked like it was going to fail, the two of us kind of distanced ourselves from each other until that idea like reunited us, I suppose. And like, I haven't looked back since it's kind of mad looking back now to think it's almost two years to that day where we made the decision to cancel our Erasmuses and it's a bit weird to look back on, to be honest.
0: So you went in, you got accepted into the Dragons Den pitch and you guys came second.
1: Yeah, yeah, we went up against an incredible company, a far better company than ours. Like this was the classic. We locked ourselves in a room for five weeks. We built a piece of tech product, which there was no need to build, but we had the classic startup mistake that you build a solution and then you figure out the problem later. But we got up, I worked so hard on the pitch. Like I could have been presenting... Like how to sell sand to the Arabs—that kind of famous phrase—or like I could have been pitching anything; it did not matter. I was like, I'm going to learn it off perfectly. I'm going to get up on stage. My brother's an actor. I was getting advice on like how to articulate a vision and like all this, like how to speak properly. I was just trying to control the controllables as much as I could. We pitched really well. Thought we did okay, and we ended up coming second. And this weirdest thing ever happened. We went to the drinks after that event, we came second, we were gutted that we came second to the per- the person who came first had such a much better idea, like so much better. And he was this lovely Italian man over doing his masters in Trinity. And he came up to us and he obviously saw how much it impacted us and came up to us at the bar. And he goes, guys, you deserve it far more than i do i'm not going to go do launchbox which was the prize for winning as well as uh seven and a half grand or something it
0: was it was the place and it was the place and
1: and launchbox is like a 14-week accelerator you get 10 grand in funding office space you meet everyone it basically launches your company and that's all we wanted and we could have pitched for it again but he came up to us and he said the passion you guys had like i would feel too bad if i took that place when i don't want it And the next day he called the head of Tess or the head of the lunchbox and offered his place to us. Like what an amazing touch from him to to do that for us. And it made our lives just, it just made it all worth it in such a short space of time and removed that doubt that I would have had like crippling in my stomach for those kind of six or seven weeks. I suppose that brings me
0: on to the next point, which is really important when you talk about startups in college Mm. and the facilities that are there. To accelerate growth of startups like you're in a business course that you might have eight 10 hours for you're in third year so the workload is increasing but how important was that that launchbox runs over summer hmm. you work over summer on it but how important was that structure around trinity and tangent in building the startup and actually getting you guys it's, up on your feet
1: it's absolutely immense like i don't think I, it's only when i leave now that i realize how unique that was you every, you talk about timing a lot in startups the timing to find like four of the smartest people I think I'll ever meet in my life and my co-founders to have a university that is throwing money and opportunity at you to invest in this company and make you feel important enough that like I'm doing the right thing by putting all of my time into this. The J1, canceling my J1 that summer was an obvious question. I just it didn't even crop into my mind that we were I was going to consider it now once we were on track. The support you got was ridiculous. And I remember the amount of people that I met over that time, like I made it my kind of goal to meet three or four people a week that I could pitch my idea to and learn from. Advisors, kind of soft mentors, coaches, people who I could just meet, pitch the idea, they could rip it apart. How
0: how important is that reaching out to some form of network where you can get educated, experienced people on board to to bounce ideas off?
1: I'm very lucky that I've never had an issue doing it. I'm quite extroverted in that sense. And I, I think once you do it a few times, you realize what's the worst that can happen. Like most people are really decent people. And if you're a student, this is the free swing. So not only do you get amazing support through universities, the likes of Tangent, Ken Finnegan, Alison Tracy, Killian Sugru, these people in college, and Kate, your co-host in the Entrepreneurial Society, that society just does so much for young companies. So they give you the courage, but when you're a student, you have a free swing. If I message anyone on LinkedIn, send anyone an email, whether it's Bobby Healy, or some of the biggest names in Ireland, like it's a very small place, you say you're a student, I have an idea and I want your feedback, I think I got about a 90% success rate. And once you do 30 minutes over the next three weeks, I want to buy you coffee. And like, it sounds so cliche and I may sound like, I don't know that's so simple, or I might sound, you know, not great saying that of like, oh, of course you can just do that. But it's what I did. And every person I met usually introduced me to a few more people. And this idea that you shouldn't pitch your idea because someone's gonna steal it is such bollocks, excuse my language, it's ridiculous. Like I pitched my idea thousands of times and it has changed every single time I've pitched it because you're constantly iterating and improving it. So I would encourage any student to do that because you have a free swing, no one's gonna say no to you and they'll always give you your time and they're always to the point with their feedback because they know all you care about is learning and improving.
0: And then I suppose in your own circumstances, how much time did you allocate towards growing the business and completing college work I mean mean, you're a bright guy you did particularly well in college but how did you find that split if you were giving someone advice who wants a startup or has a startup at the moment they're in college how do you split the
1: time it was final year college was the toughest nine months I think I'll ever go through and we finished launchbox we came third we got some money on board we came really close to deferring final year uh, Launchbox we validated a lot of our business idea more on the problem side we really identified a huge problem in the industry which is the biggest influencer of whether you're going to succeed in our eyes and we knew that if we kept working we were getting close we had such a good team we had such good advisors we knew we could get there and then I had to go into Farnier College and like I was the type of person that I'm going to go all or nothing at something that was my kind of immature attitude I was like I'm going to go all at to gonna... I can't go all at both I just don't have it in me and my parents sat me down and they said look both of them. My mom had her own architecture practice. My dad had his own company, and they had four kids. And I remember them saying to me, "We have four kids. You know, we manage businesses between ourselves. We work so hard. You know, to put you through education and try and set a good example. You can do college and do this if you want to. If you set your mind to it, you absolutely can do that. And yes, you're going to have to make sacrifices. You're not going to live life like a normal college student. But we came together. We decided not to defer. And when we got into final year, it just became like." that mentality of I love this and this is what I want my career to be so I will make the sacrifices necessary so Christmas when Christmas came it was like yes I can put all my time into Bounce instead of having a month off of final year to like reboot and all that sort of stuff and it was just it's just the passion that we had for it I can't it is I'm at my happiest when Bounce is going well and when I'm working with the lads in the team and when when you feel like you're progressing so final year I didn't enjoy the college work but it was a necessary evil and I kind of thrived in the difficulty of it. So, in terms of giving advice to students, managing your time, when you actually strip it back and plan your every part of your day, you realize how much time you have. Like one thing that I'm I'm a planning freak. And since that since the start of fine year college, saying this is gonna sound I'm gonna sound like another. But in my notes, I plan every minute of my day. So whether I'm seeing my girlfriends or I'm seeing you for a walk, in my notes every day from when I wake up to when I go to bed is timed within my notes. That sounds like I'm going to say like a nutter here, but that's that's for the last two years, that's what I've done. And it allows me to have free time to unwind, to have like a work-life balance, all that sort of stuff. But in final year, it was essential because when things got really overwhelming, I took a step back. I looked, okay, I can control this. Charlie, look how much you can get done in a week. Okay, I'm going to allocate this much time. Balance is going to have to take a backseat this, this week. Tribe, okay, I'm going to park that till after Christmas because it's not a priority all that sort of stuff and I just became really good at managing my time and that's a maturity thing. I did not have that first to th- third year college but it, I really grew into it I think.
0: And I suppose in terms of validation for the idea that Bounce had wheels, had legs and keep going, final year college you go out to a number of events as speakers, you're flown over to New York as part of
1: black yes yeah, blackstone, blackstone and uh, Techstars stars did a kind of pioneers it was like the leading startups out of universities similar to kate going up to silicon valley trinity has a really good reputation across in the states and they picked the best startups out of interestingly i think it was at uh, ucc and trinity were the like representatives from ireland so we got selected to go from our time in Launchbox and flown up to new york which is just unbelievable like you're in dreamland there you're just like what uh, what did I do to deserve to be a New York pitching my company here? And it gets real very quickly and you start to back yourself more and more.
0: I mean, did did the feedback from VCs over in New York saying this is a good idea, this is a bad idea, did that deter you or did it push you forward?
1: Um, going to New York's a bit scary because everything's a 100 times the size in terms of when they're talking about like market valuations and the size of the problem and like, they're all s- like, especially the VCs that we spoke to over there, uh, they were really supportive because they're kind of there to kind of guide you and support entrepreneurship. But some of the talks we had were really interesting because you see how methodical it is. Like startups are such a wild and erratic thing to do. That adding method to the madness was something I learned a lot from those people and those advisors was that you can actually break it down into very methodical steps and even down to the decisions you make on every day, breaking it down into a process. So. Within our company, we got so bad at creating a solution and not solving a problem. So every time we wanted to like add a feature or do something within the company, we would say, what's the hypothesis? How can we validate that? Who can validate it for us? And what are the questions that are going to lead us to that point? So we started building in this cycle of validation that we learned over there and from people who are much smarter than us. You know that famous phrase, stand on the shoulders of giants? That's what I've been doing since day one and will continue to do because people have done it before you. So you just need to learn from them. And look, no better place to go than New York. We're there's pe- people walking around with pitch decks looking for five million around and like not even from a monetary sense, but they just have such a low risk, uh, high risk aversion, low low risk aversion. Like they, they just take things in their stride and go for it. And if you fail, good on you because you're going to learn so much for the next time.
0: I suppose coming out of college then now at 22, you've been full time on bounce basically since May when you finished up. What progress have you seen? You've come into COVID, has that impeded you or... What's basically come since finishing college?
1: Yeah, so I finished in May of this year. Um, our big goal was to have all of our ducks in a row. So doing a, uni- a startup in university is great, all the support, all the free swings as I was talking about. But we did have to park it from like March and in going into my finals. I had an entire thesis to do on my finals exams, and I wanted to get it first, and I wanted to push hard at that. The three other guys within the co-fending team had finished, so they were working loads on product. Um, But we wanted to get our ducks in the row. And what I mean by that is we wanted to have our funding sorted in terms of, like, very close to closing our funding. So as soon as we finished college, we could take the money on and we could hire out and start scaling. The second thing was planning our hires. Okay, who do we need? The third thing was, okay, what forms of funding are we going to go down towards? So, like, getting in touch with Dublin BIC, Enterprise Ireland. Um, the angel network at H-Ban speaking to the right people so that when we did finish it was green light it was like okay we we know what we're doing and for those three months while me and Brian were finishing college the lads were really just doubling down on tech COVID hit which was nuts but what it really did was it it gave us a really clear focus the guys could focus on getting the product ready we only launched the full product in July so although our app was live, the product on the client side was a huge tech, uh, it took a huge tech commitment. So we got that live in July. We took on a pre-seed funding in July. We've been approved for the Enterprise Ireland, the high potential startup unit, only where we're getting the paperwork signed this week, I think, but about two months ago. So our big goal was when we finished that we have a process to scale. And now we're about to hire our eighth employee and we're hopefully going to be announcing our seed round in the new year. We... Started earning revenue in July and that's gone mad over the last few months. COVID has really given us clarity. It's allowed us to only focus on bounce, which you can imagine how much of a relief that was for me because I went from doing my exams, trying to manage a charity and then do bounce on the side. And as soon as I finished, I was like, where is all this time? And I was doing the thing that I loved doing every day with my best mates in this office that we had landed ourselves in. And it was pure paradise and it has been ever since. Um, And hopefully the good times can continue with it.
0: And I suppose we talk about the round of seed funding that you've got coming. Um, one thing that I find just a real character trait around people who are so young at 22 and you're going, searching for capital off venture capitalists, off anyone who's willing to give you money, investors, how, I suppose intimidating is that to do at 22 to take on so much risk i suppose Mm. um and
1: really sell yourself yeah it's incredibly intimidating like there's the famous kind of fff round which is you go to your family and friends and fools and you ask them will you give some money to kind of validate this that's really scary because if you really back yourself go and ask your your family or friends or relatives for money because it's going to be a quiet christmas we're coming up to christmas now it's going to be a quiet christmas if you mess that up Uh, where i got the confidence to do it if i'm being fully honest i try not to think about it i wouldn't sleep if i thought about the money that we've taken on now from private investors people celebrate funding rounds you're taking on debt Uh, let's be real like people are like oh i've raised half a million My company's valued at three million look at me i'm such a successful entrepreneur and like that's bollocks you've taken on debt so that's how we always saw it we taught we took it as um a form of injecting scale so like All we saw is is that's going to get us closer to where we want to be. And because I know what the five of us have been through and how hard we're willing to work, and we knew the problem was massive. The the problem within the industry that we're in is huge. So we were like, if we have enough time, we have enough resources, we know we're going to do it. And that's how we pitched our company. Uh, You invest in timing, you invest in the team, and the, the size of the problem, like they're the three of the leading indicators. So when I did go and speak to VCs and get advice and like I've spoken to loads of them, and they all said no, or you're not ready yet, all that sort of stuff. I've good friends in VC now with like Kate and Vlad and Paddy Dillon and these sort of people who I've met over the last few years. They give invaluable advice on how to do it. But in terms of being intimidated, why would I? In a, in a, in a sense, I, I really think we're onto something great. And I don't know. Hopefully um, hopefully, I can prove them wrong and uh, retire all the people that have given us some money.
0: Absolutely. Um, I suppose then if you were to give one piece of advice to a student who's looking at becoming an entrepreneur, getting their own startup going, who's in college mm. for a second, third year, fourth year, regardless, what would it
1: be? Find something you really enjoy. It's very cliche. But if you're, I'm not saying that I really enjoy market research. Find something uh, that you really care about with people you care about. Don't do it alone. Um, It can be a very lonely journey and one thing that I realized is if you surround yourself with the right people in university, all who have a keen attitude and a very similar attitude to you, you're bound to do great things. Um, It doesn't matter if it fails. So start with something, like whether it be of starting a podcast or starting a blog or starting a nonprofit or starting a company, the concept of starting something, particularly at the moment when students or graduates are going into a pretty horrible job market, it shows a lot of character if you have the ability to start something yourself and back yourself to do it you'll learn so much by falling and getting up and falling and getting up so advice to students is to surround yourself with, with the right people and just have a go with something it doesn't matter what it is because you're going to learn so much and the next time you do something then you're far more likely to succeed and far fast in a fa- far faster period
0: great advice mate i suppose just finally one thing that's uh that's customary on the grad life podcast would be a book recommendation mm-hmm. so charles what is the book of choice?
1: Yeah. Um, if Brian was on the podcast, you could be here for another hour. He called me today and I thought we had just tanked the company because he was so shaky. He just ordered eight books and landed at the house. So he's he, he I'm more normal than him. Uh, I tried to get into reading. It's a great habit. One thing I did do in college, just in a piece of advice, is there's an app called Blinkist. It gives short snippets of books, which is really good, like 15 minutes synopsis. If you're into nonfiction, so like business advice books, great. Um. The two books that I write, one that I'm reading at the moment, which I'm loving, is Originals by Adam Grant. Um, It's how non-conformists basically change the world. Uh, And it's all about creativity and originality, um, which is really good. But um, any book, if you're in college and you're looking to get into startups or understand how startups scale, uh, Zero to One by Peter Thiel is an incredible book. Do you know when I was talking earlier on about how to add method to the madness? That book's really good. It's talking about how do you actually create a company? How do you go from, he defines it as zero to one, create something new, creative destruction, make something different, and he brings a process to it. And then the obvious one is the lean startup of Eric Ries as well.
0: Yeah, Peter Thiel PayPal, PayPal Mafia the and
1: PayPal, all that. Yeah, PayPal Mafia.
0: Uh, Charlie, it's been absolutely great having you on, mate. Really appreciate it. And to all the listeners, that's it for this week. Um, have a great week guys and we'll catch you next week
1: yeah thanks a million and uh, if anyone wants to reach out to me please do uh, I hope that I can give some advice to anyone I know if I was in my position back in college I would take that up so um, feel free to hit me up and I would be more than happy to help out
0: cheers Charlie thanks mate
1: thanks mate.